We turn now to the United States. The uh, new president, Donald Trump, certainly has had an eventful first month in office, uh, largely dealing with some of the uh, domestic issues, but also uh, creating a bit of a stir in how he's handled his relations with various world leaders, including some of these uh, phone conversations, uh, notably uh, the one with the Australian Prime Minister. Well, he has another summit lined up, this time with Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, who arrived in the United States. They they are set to hold their uh, summit meeting very shortly. Uh, We're going to get some analysis on Uh, some of the pressing issues between uh, these two countries, including trade and security. Joining us uh, from uh, University of Michigan's Gerald R. Ford School of Public Policy, the director of the International Policy Center, Professor John Ciocciari. Hello. How are you? Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for joining us, sir. Uh, The uh, prime minister was notable for being one of the first, if not the first, world leaders to actually make his way over to Trump Tower <laughs> and try to secure a meeting with Donald Trump once he was elected uh, president. What, if can, if you can give us a bit of a preview of what you think some of the uh, the major issues uh, that will be discussed during their uh, first summit together? Uh, well, yes, I think that to start with, they will certainly be talking about trade and investment, given. Uh, the Trump administration's withdrawal from the Trans-Pacific Partnership and the many uh, threats and pledges that Trump made on the campaign trail about getting tough on major U.S. trading partners. They'll also speak a lot about regional security and stability and the vitality of the U.S.-Japan Security Alliance, uh, as well as the burden-sharing, which has been another theme that Trump has, has emphasized uh, both during and since uh, his uh, his campaign for president, it was fairly uh, expected that Trump would pull out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Uh, judging from his rhetoric on the campaign trail, uh, Japan seemed to have taken out harder than uh, most of the other uh, member countries, including South Korea, who already has existing bilateral deals with the uh, U.S. and China, etc. Do you think that from Jap- Japan's perspective that Abe may come up with or try to come uh, propose an alternative framework for the two sides in terms of trying to salvage some kind of uh, trade deal? I think that's likely. Uh, Japan and the Abe administration invested an awful lot politically in the Trans-Pacific Partnership talks. This is a blow to Japan's interests domestically and uh, and internationally. And Trump has said that he favors bilateral talks over multilateral ones, and so it wouldn't be surprising at all. In fact, I expect that Abe will at least dip his toe in the water of uh, possible bilateral trade talks between the U.S. and Japan. That said, Trump's rhetoric suggests that he may not be willing to offer very much in a bilateral trade negotiation and may be Mm. likely to demand a great deal of of Japan or other partners. And so while I expect Abe to raise that possibility, uh, it's not at all clear that that kind of deal would come to fruition. Aside from the cost-sharing issue, which Trump has basically been raising with every single country uh, with a military uh, alliance with uh, with the United States, including South Korea. The uh, security alliance between Japan and the United States is, compared to other bilateral relationships, uh, pretty strong, right? 
Yes, I would say it's it's very strong and is a central pillar in the in the security architecture of the Asia Pacific, and so relevant to uh, the entire region, not just to the two allies. Uh, it has a, a deep wellspring of support within both the security establishment and uh, the attentive public here in the United States, uh, and so it has political strength as well mm. as being strong from an operational standpoint. One. Uh I suppose aspect of Trump is that he does tend to tend to say things off the cuff or or tweet things that uh, raise concerns. Uh, he had been hinting that perhaps the uh, one China policy uh, doesn't have to be followed forthcoming. But he did have a phone conversation with Xi Jinping, the leader of China, and he seems to now be abiding by that uh, one China policy. Is that definitely something considered a relief by most uh, security analysts and international uh, affairs experts like yourself? Yes, I would say in general, uh, when Trump shows a a willingness to back off of some of his more flamboyant statements and to uh, act in a manner that suggests a more pragmatic, measured and informed approach to uh, a whole series of regional relationships that that's reassuring to its allies who are afraid both of the possibility of being abandoned by the United States or by being entrapped in a in a conflict that uh, that irresponsible U.S. rhetoric could could make more likely. Right, and, and so we have the rhetoric coming out of. Uh, the White House from Donald Trump himself personally. Uh, we have Defense Secretary uh, James Mattis, who's generally considered a, a very competent and um, uh, well-informed individual. Uh, Tillerson recently coming in as Secretary of State. Michael Flynn, the National Security Advisor. Do you think these uh, varying voices will lead uh, Trump to perhaps come up with some tangible achievements in this uh, summit with Abe? I think so. I'm sure that the individuals you mentioned and others have been advising the president uh, that this is an extraordinarily important relationship to the United States across a wide spectrum of policy issues, uh, and that it's also important to the broader uh, Asia-Pacific regional order. Uh, And I think that uh, folks like Rex Tillerson and Defense Secretary Mattis will be keen to demonstrate not just to Japan but to other partners through the outcome of this summit Mm. uh, that the United States will not play uh, fast and loose with one of its most important bilateral relationships. Uh, We're also wondering how you feel this uh, leaves the situation uh, for South Korea. As you well know, uh, there's a bit of a political crisis uh, going on here right now. Uh, We have an impeached president. Uh, We have uh, potentially early presidential elections where uh, candidates may change uh, their stance on foreign policy in a way that's different from the current administration. Uh, But North Korea is still a threat with their ballistic and uh, nuclear weapons. How do you think how Japan and the U.S. work things out uh, will ultimately affect South Korea, another very important ally of the United States? Well, naturally, uh, South Korean observers will be looking to see how how the Trump administration treats its other extremely important alliance relationship in Northeast Asia. Uh, more broadly, I think uh, South Korean uh, leaders are facing so much political uncertainty at home and in the regional neighborhood uh, that I expect uh, many will be looking to see whether the overall tenor, tone, 
and and effect of this summit in terms of deliverables communicates a commitment on the part of the Trump administration. I'm confident this will be true of the Abe administration to promote stability, predictability, clarity, transparency uh, in a way that enables South Korea and others to uh, assess accurately where the risks lie in regional security and, and what kinds of support they can count upon from the United States. It's going to be an interesting uh, road ahead. Uh, a lot of people, of course, uh, saw what happened with uh, the president, Donald Trump, and Theresa May, the uh, United Kingdom prime minister, and the uh, uh, ensuing press conference and uh, perhaps people are hoping that uh, this time around the uh, meeting uh, is a bit smoother at least uh, from the public's perception we're going to have to leave it there professor but thank you so much for joining us really appreciate your time thank you